Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are, and welcome to another broadcast of your Faith Matters on Colorful Radio with the ever-smiling host, Sarah Lister. We are broadcasting live from the Africa Center right here in London. Always happy to receive guests. Um, as is my custom, um, before I start, let me say a word of prayer. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your heart, O Lord, as we broadcast your goodness to the whole wide world. Amen. Welcome again. And as you know, every show, I am joined by an amazing guest who shares with us their journey and how they make their faith matter today via the Skype technology all the way from Boston. In America, we are honored to have Lady Lessa, and we're going to talk about... Um, making spiritually based decisions and yes we'll know about that that sounds really interesting so one big favor i ask of you before we start is if you could please invite your contacts to join us by sharing the link whichever way that you're listening you can reach me or you can send me a text or whatsapp message on 0793114275 and if you're abroad my American listeners it's 0044793114275 or you can go to colorfulradio.com, click on the button that says email, and you can email me, and I'll get your email right here in the studio. Before I invite the lady, we got to get this name right, to join us, let me read her bio. After living in Vienna, Austria for three years and studying languages at the University of Vienna and music at the Vienna Music College, Lady Lessa returned to her home country, Brazil, where she attended the University of Sao Paulo to finish her linguistic and literature studies in German and Spanish. At the same time, she started teaching Portuguese to professional expatriates and their families. Soon after, she began teaching German and Spanish as well, which led her to open her own language institute. She continued to study translation theory at grad school and was fascinated by the role that intercultural knowledge and background play in the work of a translator. She owned her own language institute for over 10 years, participated in national and international teachers' conferences. After witnessing healings from students and colleges who asked her to pray for them, she felt that there, were, there is no higher profession than dis dedicating her life to helping others through metaphysical scientific prayer. She sold her school and became a Christian science practitioner in 1998 and Christian science teacher in 2009. She moved to Boston and to work at the Christian Science Publishing Society. Uh, she worked there for many years and she also worked uh, in prisons. I'm actually paraphrasing that just to cut this, just to pick up um, some of the things that she's done because uh, she's on the line with us and she's going to join us, Lady Lesser. Hi, Sarah. What a joy to be with you and your listeners. So thank you very much for having me. Welcome to Colorful Radio. <laughs> it's wonderful to be there. I love color and be with Colorful Radio. It sounds really great. <laughs> I know you're creative, you know. You yes. know, they say people who are creative, they love creatives as in the sense that you studied languages. You studied music. Exactly. I didn't know you studied music. I did too. Yes, I studied piano and composition. So I love music. So, especially classical music. You're a composer. 
Um, I started, so I didn't, uh, you know, I changed careers then. I uh, I had to make decisions. <laughs> so I decided to go uh, and invest more time on my linguistic skills instead of the musical skills. So that's what I did most of the time. And muse became, music became uh, a very dear to my heart hobby. Oh, wow. So the topic today is making spiritually based decisions, right? And sort of just going through your bio in terms of the decisions you, you've made. Uh, you're born in Brazil. Mm-hmm. You were in Vienna, Austria. You live in Boston, USA. Yes, but I lived also in London and in Germany. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. So, so I'm kind of years ago. Yeah. So and of course that you said you changed. So I'm guessing these are like spiritual decisions, spiritually based decisions. Yes. And yes, I think it's course. a bigger question of what's a spiritual based decision and what is an ego, emotional or whatever. What other types of decisions are there? Uh, yes, I think there are very selfish decisions sometimes, very doubtful decisions, very fearful decisions that people make. Mm-hmm. And what I try to um, to really share, the ideas that I try to share with people, whatever I am, uh, whenever I am invited to share my ideas, mm-hmm. I turn them to the Bible. Because... Um, Learning about um, Jesus, about other prophets, we can see how they made their decisions based on their relationship with God. Mm. And um, I loved the the story of the prophet Elijah, who was being persecuted uh, because, you know, at that time, people from... Uh, Israel that have broken their covenant with God and they were believing in other gods so they killed the prophets who believed in one God and they was going to kill they were going to kill Elijah as well mm-hmm. so Elijah went to Mount Horeb and in Mount Horeb he wanted to see God and uh, and I you know I talked about this during my talk and I I hope some of your listeners um can maybe listen to my talk online because it's also on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And uh, my lecture in London uh, was yesterday, <laughs> so they won't be able to go to it. Mm-hmm. But um, it is so important that we realize what what happened with Elijah right there. So when I go into more details in my lecture, but Elijah want, went to Mount Horeb to see God. And I ask myself, how can we see God today if we open our eyes and we see envy, we see distress, we see fear? Of course, Elijah was very fearful. He was fearing that he was going to lose his own life. But he was very faithful, you know, Sarah. Mm-hmm. He he always felt the presence of God. But it, it is interesting because the first thing that he saw in Mount Horeb was a very, very strong wind. Uh, and here in the United States, especially during the months of September and October, we hear a lot about hurricanes. Mm-hmm. And some hurricanes are so destructive, and they come and destroy homes and uh, and buildings, and uh, and people get killed and things like that. So in those times, we ask ourselves, where is God? Mm-hmm. Uh, why was that happened? Mm-hmm. But Elijah, 
Elijah at that time, after the strong wind was gone, Elijah knew that God was not in that destructive fire. Mm. After the fire, an earthquake came. And, uh, you know, once I, I, I have just an idea uh, how Elijah came, uh, felt, because once I was in Mexico City on the 27th floor and there was an earthquake. And, uh, of course, it took only a few seconds, but you see everything shaking. And in a few seconds, you think, am I going to live? What's going to happen? What shall I do? Mm. Uh, but after the earthquake was gone, I was calm. And Elijah was calm, too. And Elijah felt and knew that God was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire came, a very destructive fire. And we hear about those destructive fire, uh, um, forest fires all over. Um, we had s so many fires here in California and the United States, and, and people were so afraid, and, and a whole town of paradise was destroyed by fire. Mm -hmm. And then we, again, we keep asking ourselves, where is God? Uh, but like Elijah, we can s know and feel in our heart that God is not in a destructive fire. After that, um, a, a still small voice came to Elijah, and he knew exactly what he had to do. He knew the next steps. He was able then, he heard directly from God that he had to anoint the new king, uh, and then he was safe, and everything was good. So, um, spiritually based decisions are made only when we feel that same still small voice that Elijah felt. This still small voice is available to us all today, Sarah, mm -hmm. but each one of us will listen in a way that we can understand, in a way that um, it's made really very clear to us. It might be an idea, it might be a feeling, it might be during a conversation with someone, but God speaks to each one of us. And he speaks in a still, small voice, in a gentle way that gives us inner peace. That's why I explain in my talk that um, in order not to make wrong decisions, we need first to feel inner peace. When we feel that inner peace, we are able to listen to that still small voice of God telling us what to do, when to do it. Uh, awesome, awesome. I can almost feel that stillness. And it's amazing. Um, I talk about noise and the fact that we need to learn to silence the noise because wherever we are, and I'm when I mean the noise is there are so many events happening within us, around us, with our family, mm -hmm. at work, on the street. It's like there's so much noise, and yes, learning to silence ourselves. It's it's something that we all need to learn. But before, um, sort of obviously we go into deep into that. It's almost I want to bring you back to. So before we say you got to this place where you're now teaching, you know, you're traveling, you know, the world, giving lectures on like different spiritual topics. It's mm -hmm. like, of what's your background? How did you get to this place in terms of, you know, what's the story that changed your life? Because I know as a child, <laughs> at a very young age, it's like, what happened? 
Yes, and uh, this is something very, very dear to my heart. I am the youngest of uh, four siblings, and um, my siblings are much, much older than me. Uh, and but my father was um, was a very religious man. He was Catholic, and he used to go to the mass every Sunday, and he would take me with him. And I did everything that you can do uh, in the Catholic Church, you know, um, when you were a child. And then uh, when I was ten, my mother passed on. And as you know, Sarah, when when somebody in your family passes on, uh, relatives and friends come over to um, give their condolences or talk to the family and so forth. And I remember that my one of my uncles, my 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 mother had several siblings as well, um, because my grandmother, uh, who was African descendant, she I mean I am too, but uh, uh, her mother was from Africa, so my great grandmother was from Africa, and uh, she, my. Uh, my mother had several siblings, and one of her siblings was at uh, our home. And when relatives or others would come, he would say to people, oh, you know, Lourdes, that's the name of my mom, uh, Lourdes started becoming ill when Leiji was born. And I heard this over and over again. So I was a very quiet child. But the fact that I heard this several times, it made me feel so guilty. Mm. I I felt that I was responsible for my mother's death. And you can't imagine how hard that was for me. And two years, and so to tell you, to, so for you and your listeners have an idea, when I was 11, I wanted to commit suicide. I remember to this day that I opened uh, the window of... Um, of the apartment where we were living. We were living on the 13th floor of a, a high building. And uh, I was ready. I was never afraid. You know, I, I don't have I don't have any fear from height. Uh, on the contrary, I love heights. And mm. I was just ready to jump. Um, and I was ready to jump. I was thinking how I would do it. And, it, and then, Sarah, it came to me that idea. I heard some uh, children uh, playing on the playground next to it. And then an idea came to me, Leiji, are you sure you want to jump? When you get down there, uh, probably your your body is going to break. There will, there will be a lot of blood there. And uh, do you want those kids to see that and to have that horrible image of you dead on the floor? And then I closed the window and I said, no, no, I don't want them to see that or to feel that. Mm. That was the still small voice of God talking to me. I remember clearly to this day, I was only 12, but uh, only 11, I'm sorry. But I heard it very clearly, and then I didn't do that. When I was 12, my father became mentally ill. Mm-hmm. And, and um, you know, this, this illness... Uh, took a little while until it got to a place that it was really hard that he couldn't work and that he had to be at home, but he was hurting himself. So it was very hard for me to see him hurting himself, um, uh, you know, punching his his head on the on on the walls and so forth. It was horrible. And I was at home with him and with uh, a maid, an assistant that we had because, you know, I was still a child. I was 12 years old and my siblings were working, of course, and studying still. Um, and then 
uh, I used to study piano, so I had private lessons. And one day I went to my piano lesson and I was playing and I made some mistakes. And my teacher looked at me and said, Leiji, why didn't you practice? Why didn't you do your homework? Mm. And I burst into tears and I told her the whole story. She was so gentle. She calmed down. She turned back to her purse and she took a magazine that is called the Christian Science Herald. And she gave me that magazine and she said, this magazine has some healing stories, people that have been healed through prayer. Why don't you read it? And by the way, I go to a church not uh, so far from here. So it, I was uh, I was having piano lessons in a conservatory. It was far away, but the church was even further. Um, and she asked me, why don't you come to the Sunday school? You know, as I told you, I was very much into God because I always loved God yeah, and yeah. I felt a God in my life. So I said, okay, I will go. And this church was about an hour from my house wow. by bus. So I, the following Sunday, I took the bus. I went to that Sunday school. While I was there, they, uh, I t told the teacher my story. He handed me the Bible and uh, the Christian Science textbook, Science and Health with Key to the Scriptures. And another uh, magazine that it's called um, the Christian Science Weekly Bible Lessons. And he gave me also a chalk. And he said, why don't you study this weekly Bible lesson? It might help you. You know, Sarah, I always loved to read, mm. and I was always obedient, and I didn't ask anything, and I just went home, and I marked the lesson as he showed me, and I started reading, and I had a, um, a notebook, and I was also um, writing on my notebook. But then um, my father was still very ill, and as I told you, I was Catholic, so I was going to the Sunday school in the morning to um uh, the mass in the in the evening. I remember one day. That's dedication. Just, yes, yeah, because I wanted my father to be healed. You know, I remember one day just kneeling down in in church, and praying so deeply. Oh, I was looking at a big. It was a very modern, beautiful church with a huge. Uh, you know, crucifix with uh, Jesus, and I, I looked at uh, at that, and I said, "Oh God." Heal my father. He deserves to be healed. And uh, it was just a childlike prayer, you mm -hmm. know, when I was praying everything that I knew. Um, but uh, I continued going to the Christian Science Sunday School, and I was learning so much uh, that, you know, with that teacher, with this book, Science and Health, that I felt that uh, I was gaining a lot from Christian Science. And I decided just to go to to Sunday school, to the Christian Science Sunday School. And then my father was uh, taken to a hospital. Uh, the, the four of us, I remember I was little, but I went with my siblings, and uh, they diagnosed my father with a mental illness, and, he's, and they told us that it was an incurable disease, that he would never be uh, normal again. Mm. And they asked us to take him to a psychiatric hospital, so which we did. And the hospital was not not so far away from from us. And my father was there, and I used to visit my father once or twice a week because it was also close by. But as I told you, I had my Bible, Science and Health, that yeah. magazine, my notebook, and whatever I was reading in Science and Health about man, because the 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 the. Um, 
the author of Science and Health, Mary Baker Eddy, who is also the founder of Christian Science, she describes man as the uh, as the Bible says, as the image and likeness of God. But as a spiritual... I'm going to stop you there. Colorful, 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 Sarah colorful, Lister. Colorful, 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 colorful radio. Oh, 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 
Lister. Welcome back. We come back on Skype. We have Lady all the way from Boston, USA. And we're talking about making spiritual based decisions. And she was sharing her story, how she got into this making spiritual based decision, the story of her life. Lady, you're talking about your father being taken or being really ill. And um, obviously, mental health nowadays yes. is, especially, I don't know in America, but in UK, it's a big thing that we're talking about. We want to, um, what's the word? Encourage each and every person to be able to have this conversation. So this is really spot on. Thank you for sharing. So you're, 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 you had your Bible, he's in hospital, you're visiting... Yes. And I was praying every day. I had my Bible and I had the Christian science textbook, Science and Health with key to the scriptures. And Mary Bicredi um, mentions and explains the Bible in her book on a metaphysical way, in a way that goes beyond um, physics or, or physical body. So I was starting to see, try, learning how to see my dad as as the image and likeness of God, completely mm. spiritual, uh, not just um, confined in a body or in in a brain, defined by, by brain or by nervous systems. And um, I was writing on my notebook, every time that I read the word man, I would substitute for my father. <laughs> I was oh, thinking, wow. yes, my father is the image and likeness of God. My father is um, pure. He is healthy. He is loved by God and all those ideas. Mm -hmm. So I can just tell you that uh, three or four months later, my father was released from the hospital and wow. he lived more than 20 years. He he didn't have to take um, any medicine about the, um, the mental illness. So mm -hmm. Doctors could not explain how he was healed. And my nieces and nephews who met him afterwards, you know, after he was healed and so forth, uh, because they came later on, uh, they could never guess that my father had a mental illness once. So that healing of my father helped me also to overcome my mental um, illness as well, in a way, because as I mentioned to you before, I was depressive. Uh, I was actually suicidal, but I would hide from everybody. As you mentioned, mental, uh, you know, mental uh, illnesses is a huge problem, not only in the UK. Actually, um, the, uh, um, what is this called? I think that it's, uh, there is a world um, health um Mm, I forgot exactly the name, what it is, but uh, the the, uh, the World Health Association mm -hmm. that says that there are over 125 million people in the world suffering from depression or some kind of mental illness, but they have they get never diagnosed. Like me, I was never diagnosed because I was I was uh, very good in hiding my problems. Yeah, I it's, was, the, it's the stigma that goes with it. That's why people hide. Exactly, and we are ashamed. Mm. You know. You, you are so ashamed of who you are. You feel that you are so inferior that you don't want to show this. So uh, I had moments of, um, 
of happiness, moments of being okay and normal, and moments that I would isolate myself and cry deeply and uh, and and scream sometimes when I had those uh, horrible uh, crises. But I was always able to overcome those crises. Mm. I listen to that still small voice mm. that we talked before, yes. because uh, I always had uh, God in my heart. I always felt the presence of God, and whenever I was in those crises, whenever I was planning to commit suicide, God would send me uh, uh, an idea, a thought. Uh, what I called an angel message because it was just the voice of God talking mm -hmm. to me that uh, I would say, oh, yes, no, I won't do this. Uh, and I could go and I could give you a lot of examples, but we don't have much time for this. But what I can also tell you is that Christian science helped me first um, to cope with with this because I, uh, since I was still young in my teenage years, I, I I kept studying the Bible, I kept studying science and health, but I was ashamed to ask for help. Um, but when I had a huge crisis, and, uh, and I was in Europe, I was actually in Budapest, and I was going to commit suicide, but I had four friends with me. Um, and I had the worst crisis because we were on vacation. We were 15 days on vacation, and we spent three days in Budapest, and this was the worst. Mm. I was... I was just in my room crying and not talking to my friends. It was horrible. And when we got to the castle, that it's about 60 meters above the uh, the river level, I was ready to jump. And again, God sent me a message. God um, told me, Leiji, are you sure you want to do this with your friends? They will have to... You are going to mess up their vacation because they will have to look for your body there and send your body to your family in Brazil, do you want to do this to your friends? And then I said, no, God, I don't. And That's then so amazing, I, isn't it? it? It is. So look how God talks to us in ways that we don't expect or mm. that we don't think that uh, it's really God, yeah. but it's saving us. So we are all, Sarah, able to listen to this God's voice. Mm. And it's always gentle, always loving, always bringing us peace. So that time in Budapest was the first time in my life when I asked for help. I called um, a Christian science practitioner and asked her to help. And I told her um, to help me. I told her, I know that God can heal me. Mm. I know that. And then I worked, uh, uh, you know, more and more praying. Um, I prayed with her, and uh, and then I understand. I understood more who I am. And to this day, I I remember exactly the day I was healed. And it was actually here in Boston when I came for some days of rest and study, what I would call a spiritual retreat. Mm -hmm. I felt all that burden. You know, I dedicated a few days just to study. I didn't want to talk to people or being involved with activities, but I, 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 I was digging deep into the Bible and science and health, and I felt that burden just lift um, mm. away from me. And to this day, if somebody talks to me, they can never think that I was depressive uh, one day or even suicidal, and all those suicidal thoughts just left me. And today, I really talked about um, how to make uh, those spiritually based decisions that will help you to really do 
God's will for you because God plans and you can just listen and do what God has planned for you. And then you can feel the happiness and the inner peace that God can give to all of us. And that when we feel that, when we made when we make those spiritually based decisions, we are um, blessed and we feel happy, but not because of ourselves only, not only us are being blessed, mm. but those people around us. So it's really we learn how to be unselfish and how to also make decisions that will bless others, um, our family members, our friends, or the world. For example, you and I, we both had made a decision to commit our lives to help people. Otherwise, we wouldn't be talking here today, right? <laughs> we'd be having this conversation. <laughs> we wouldn't have had this conversation, exactly. Oh, we so, could have this conversation, but not have it in the way that we're having it. It's almost This is almost exactly. like a public conversation. Exactly, yes. yes. And why are we having this public conversation? Because we know that God has changed our lives. Mm. You heard that still small voice. You were healed. I heard it. I was healed. And we are here together sharing this with the world so that people who are listening to your program can also have hope mm. and expectancy of healing. If we both have heard it, they can hear as well. They can listen to that still small voice and have um, a better life, an unselfish life, a life dedicated really to glorify God. When we dedicate our lives to glorify God in anything that we do, or let's say in every single thing that we do, mm. we are always happy and blessing others. And when we are blessing others, we naturally are blessed. So, you know, I love to think that way. I love, you know what you just said, so amazing. And I was going to say, I can almost feel that kind of almost like a healing. What's the word? There's a peace that is coming through. And I don't know whether you can feel that. I say, let's <laughs> colorful, say colorful, Sarah colorful, Lister. Colorful, oh, colorful, colorful, colorful radio. Thank you for allowing me to see myself the way you see me. Thank you.
imagine me. Welcome back to Ever Smiling Hope Sarah Lister and on the line with me via Skype all the way from Boston is Lady and Lesser and we're talking about healing and I was saying you know what I can almost feel that healing presence in the studio and through the airwaves because she's not here with me but yet I can feel this so strongly Lady and you can feel that, and I can feel that too, because this is a holy moment. We are here acknowledging the healing power of God. And when we do that, we feel this healing presence. And actually, Sarah, there is a, a verse from the Bible that I love. It's from Jeremiah, which says, Heal me, and I shall be healed. Save me, and I shall be saved. Because Thou art my praise. So God is our praise. We are here praising God in in this conversation. And we are inviting your listeners, whatever they are in the world, we are inviting them to praise the Lord, to praise God 
with us so that they can also feel this healing presence of God and be healed of um, anything that they might be experiencing that does not come from God. Mm. Because, because God is not in the destructive wind. God is not in, in a destructive earthquake. God is not in a destructive fire. God is in this still small voice. God is this still small, still small voice itself that speaks to our consciousness and, and, and tells us what to do and what decision we can make that will benefit and bless not only us, but those around us. Mm, amen to that. And I think when we talk about healing, many times people kind of just think is you know, like physical healing. Some people think, or oh, it's just, no, sometimes it's spiritual. Because when you think about people who suffer from mental health, it's not physical, it's in the mind, right? And so healing, it's not just about the physical body. It's the mind, it's the spirit, it's having that peace. And... Um, so kind of just to put the context of that and i think i'm gonna there are two things i want to pick up on and um our time is quite gone i want to pick up on you use the word metaphysical and there are people who may never have heard of what the word even metaphysical may be afraid of it um mm -hmm. and i think coming back to our main topic making spiritual business you know based decisions and actually finish on those two things touching on what is metaphysical for people who are like i've never seen it in the bible yes uh the word metaphysics um exists for a long time, even Greek philosophers talked about. Um, but they didn't talk about metaphysics in a way that is in the Bible. Mm -hmm. Because everything that Jesus did, if you go and if you read the healings of Jesus, he healed all kind of uh, illnesses and diseases. He, he did things that are humanly unconceivable. He multiplied... Uh, loaves and, and fishes and fish, to feed yeah. multitudes. Mm. Um, he, he told his friend Peter to fish uh, um, and find in the mouth of a fish a coin and pay their taxes. So how was this possible? So in my lecture, I explained that this is possible because Jesus knew this um, those spiritual laws. Mm. Um, the spiritual laws, for example, of demand and supply. If there is a need, there is always a supply. And this is metaphysical because it goes beyond the physics. Uh, what Jesus did when he multiplied the loaves and fishes, he had just, a, you know, uh, two or three loaves and four or five fishes. And, and he felt he, he fed over four or five thousand men plus women and children. How was this possible? So it must be something metaphysical that goes beyond the physics, beyond the physical senses. Mm. So the physical senses, what we see with eyes and what we hear with our ears are not always true. It's not everything. It's just something superficial. It's only when we feel the presence of God when we learn about the spiritual laws, is that we can use our spiritual sense to see beyond 
the situation of lack or the situation of um, illness. So you were asking me, okay, um, how can we be healed? And healing is not only physical. Yes, Christian science teaches that God is a spirit and God is love and God is mind. So the true healer is God um, as love, as mind, as infinite consciousness. And when we align our thought with God, when we stop seeing a human body and and feel the presence of God, mm-hmm. when we stop seeing ourselves with um, with a limited sense of ourselves that we are limited in a human body, and just think of us as one with divine mind, as infinite ideas. So our thought transforms, and when our tra- our thought transforms, when we see that God created everything harmoniously, the Bible says that God saw everything that he created, and it was very good. When we grasp that, dear Sarah, we can experience it in our lives and in our body. So we can experience healing. Last week, for example, I had to give talks too, and uh, and I had something in my feet, and I wasn't able to walk. And my feet were so swollen that I couldn't uh, put my shoes on. And I had to uh, to give a, a our talk and be standing the whole time. How would I do it? So I also asked the dear colleague to pray with me. And she mentioned something that was so important. She asked me, do you, do you walk with your feet and legs or do you walk with the power of spirit? That's it is what the Bible says, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that Jesus went um, uh, with the power of spirit. So uh, from Galilee to where he had to go with the power of spirit. Thinking of that idea that I was not made up of feet, legs, brain, blood, mm-hmm. but that I was a spiritual idea, one with God, I was able to give that talk. I was able to experience healing and my feet is completely normal i'm here talking to you but i'm standing and i've been walking and talking perfectly i was completely healed by divine mind by the love of god because i aligned my thought with god when we do that with uh, with the simplicity of christ that the bible talks about when we do what paul asks us to do paul said um, you know i prefer to live the body and to live in the spirit, mm. God. When we do that, we realize that we are much more than a human body. And health does not depend on a human body. Health, as Mary Bickredi explains in her book, is a condition of divine mind. That's, that's how we experience healing. Wow, I can say that you've brought us to the perfect end in a sense that that's how you make spiritually based decisions. Exactly. It's, it's wow. It's really seriously. It's almost like, obviously we've come to the end of, of, of the interview, but you kind of just summarized it. Like when you get to that place, that's how you make spiritually based decisions. Exactly. And, uh, and I trust that uh, with the ideas that we both shared today, your listeners will start thinking a little bit more 
deeply about themselves and also be thinking of how they can themselves make spiritually based decisions and they are welcome to listen to my talks on YouTube, um, uh, on Facebook, and I hope those ideas will also help them to um, go even further in, in those ideas. Thank you so much for having me, Sarah. It was a pleasure to be with you. It's an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for taking the time and hope you do have a good time in London. So um, I'm going to spell your name because it's slightly different is even though it says Lady Lesser is spelled L for Lima, E for Echo, I for India, D for Delta, E for Echo Lady, Lady 